Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Mission Church, Pastor Tyler here. Hope you're having a great, happy Sunday. Uh, if you're the 845 crew, well done, type A's. Way to wake up early when you don't have to. If this is 1145, come on now. Just at least try the 1030. You know what I'm saying? Just try the middle service. Just, just challenge yourself once in a while, except you're the youth team. The youth love 1145. Uh, if you are tuning in today, we have a special um, uh, conversation we're going to have today. If you have noticed what's been going on the last two weeks, I just felt like as the pastor of Mission Church, um, and just as I read God's word, I feel like the Bible shows us that the church is a family. And so we're going to have a family conversation. Uh, on the panel today, we got family with us. We got our cousin, Chase Wiggins. Right. Come on now. Come on, come on. We got, uh, you know him as the worship pastor, but I call him my buddy, D-Money, Darnell Blake. Come on now. Uh, and then uh, my uh, announcements partner that I miss like crazy right now, Mike Teasley. Come on now. Yeah. I call him Mike T. Uh, and then our youth pastor, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Joe Little. Joe Little. So uh, I'm excited. We're, gonna, uh, we're just going to talk. I think what's been interesting for Rachel and I is we've always had conversations about uh, oppression, things that go on in our nation, but the last two weeks has been a lot different. Uh, it has been the conversation for the last two weeks, and as we were talking and I was praying, I felt like the Lord said, man, this is what we're supposed to do as a church. And so what I would love to happen today is uh, if you could just get ready to learn today. Uh, I think a lot of people are great at sharing their opinions, but they're not great at listening. And so I want to listen and learn today. I hope you want to listen and learn today. And I think if we can both listen and learn and hear the heart of God, man, we could change the world together. Does that sound good? All right. There's a couple things I want to share with you too real quick. Uh, I just want to share a, a couple verses. Romans 4, 18. I, want, I feel like hope should never take a back seat uh, during this time. Mm -hmm. And it says this in Romans uh, 4, 18. Against all hope, Abraham hoped. Mm -hmm. Oof. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, if you've ever heard me preach, I Google the end of movies. I, it, just, it, it just makes me... Uh, pray differently, uh, watch the movie differently, enjoy the movie. Yeah, I pray during movies. I pray. Well, I, I do. During, during uh, Avengers, you're praying that they win. I'm a Christian all the time, not just sometimes. Okay. And so, uh, so it, just, yeah, it just helps me process and enjoy the journey differently. And I love how the Lord lets us know the end of the movies all the time. Romans 8, 28 says this, and we know, I hope you know this, that all things that God will work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, we're in a valley right now. And we are in a valley right now, but here's what I know. Fruit is harvested in the valley. Wisdom's harvested in the valley. We're going to come out of this valley stronger as a church, stronger as a nation, uh, stronger as a people. So uh, I just want to, again, uh, let you know I'm trusting in God. I love what Lecrae said uh, this week, too. If trusting God makes me weak, then call me weak. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, where, that's where my hope is right now. That's where my trust is. Um, and so I, I hope we can do that together as a church. Uh, I'm going to share three thoughts Three thoughts, and then we're going to ask some questions. My first thought is this, uh, as a church, I just want to pass it real quick. First thought, church, is it's a time to mourn. It's a time to mourn, church. Um, I don't mourn well, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I think there's a handful of reasons why I don't mourn well. It's messy. Mourning is messy. I think the world teaches us how to perform. I think the world teaches us how to get promotions, but the world does not teach us how to process our pain. It doesn't. It, 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 it tells us to fast forward through pain. And one of the most profound moments Rachel and I have ever had in our life is we, uh, we lived in apartments when we first moved up here. And uh, there was this little eight-year-old girl, and she was crying and screaming, and her grandma's outside. And you could tell the girl was really upset. 
And I, I, of course I knew that her parents um, uh, were separated and her grandma would watch her a lot. And she was just, oh, just crying and crying. And the grandma's like, stop crying, it's fine. Stop crying, you're fine. Stop crying, you're fine. And you know, I, I got my popcorn ready. I'm being a good neighbor, just watching my neighbor, you know, cause a ruckus outside. And the little eight-year-old girl cries and screams at her grandma, I'm allowed to be upset. And Rachel and I looked at each other and like, dang, that is profound. Yeah. She is allowed to be upset. And I remember when Rachel and I like would even like start being frustrated or being angry about something, we would, we would hear the eight-year-old girl's voice and say, I'm allowed to be upset right now. Mm-hmm. In this church plant journey, I've had times where I'm like, no, I'm allowed to be upset. Yeah. And not only am I allowed to be upset, but the Bible tells me that mourning is not a uh, thing that I'm supposed to do by myself. Yeah. And I think what we're trying to do in our culture today even is like, okay, we know people are upset. We know the black community is upset, but let's just move on. No, no, no allowed to be upset. Mm-hmm. Let's process this. Let's, let's journey through this. Uh, let's not rush through this. Uh, mor- mourning is not meant to be done in isolation. Uh, we as a church are supposed to mourn with those who mourn. That's scripture there. So, so as, as we go, church, and let's learn how to mourn better. Let's how to mur- mourn with people. Let's learn how to be quiet w- with people while we're mourning with them. A lot of people are sincere, but they're sincerely wrong right now. And let's learn what it looks like to mourn. Does that sound good? So it's a time to mourn. Second thought I have right now, it's a time to learn. It's a time to learn. It is not a time to be dismissive or directive. It's a time to be inquisitive. It's a time to ask questions. Uh, I, uh, I'm gonna give you one of my best marriage tools, but I've used it in every relationship thing. Now, I use it as a boss, I use it as a friend. It's a question I learned, it's this. How can I love you and how can I serve you? Mm. If you haven't been asking that question the last two weeks to people around you, to the black community, anybody that you know that, that has been through this season, instead of offering an opinion to them, just ask this question. How can I love you and how can I serve you? How can I be a part of the solution? Oh, when when you start asking that question, instead of assuming how to fix it, you actually find a way to actually be a practical solution and blessing to that person. Man, ask that question this week. Let's learn. And then last but not least, my third thought is this. This church is meant to be done with the all hands on deck mentality. This is not a thing where, well, that's your problem, not mine. I, uh, I watched The Last Dance, Michael Jordan. If you know me, Michael Jordan, before I met Jesus, was my hero. Uh, and then I found Jesus, and now Michael Jordan is just a man. He is not an idol, uh, but he's pretty amazing, all right? He's, <laughs> we, we call him the goat in my family. Uh, we're not a LeBron house, we're a Mike house. Anyways, that's a different uh, conversation for a different day. Um, uh, that could be another family conversation for another day. Being divisive uh, right now. But there was this one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a long conversation. Uh, but there was this one moment in the last dance where they tell Michael, hey, if you want to win a championship, we can't play iso ball anymore. We got we to put an offense, and we got to play as a team. And Michael bought into the thought of, okay, we'll, we'll play this. It was called triangle offense, and we'll play as a team. And they went on to win six championships. Church, we will not do ISO Christianity. We will not be ISO church. We will not say, well, because it doesn't affect me, I'm not a part of this. No, no, no. The Bible says that if one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. Uh, I, I think one of the most famous stories that Jesus shares is the Good Samaritan. He says, you want me to tell you what real Christianity is? It's not the person that walks by that sees the hurting stuff because it is messy, messy to say like, okay, I got to stop here. I've got to give my time here. It's going to cost my resources. But what's happened the last few weeks, I think, has opened our eyes to uh, a lot of brokenness in our nation, to what's happened to the black community for I don't know how many years. Uh, I, I couldn't even put a number on it. And we're not going to walk by it. We're, we're not going to play ISO Christianity and say, well, that's not my, my problem to take care of just because it doesn't affect you. This is a rich person problem. This is a poor person problem. This is an everybody problem that we're going to address together and we're gonna play as a team. Because I believe this, ISO Christianity doesn't take back ground. Team Christianity takes back ground. So let's do it as a team. Um, So my first question, uh, we're gonna take three questions uh, today uh, as the panel. My first question I wanna learn as as we have a family conversation is this, is uh, it's been two weeks since what happened with George Floyd and 
really God has used it to awaken something, I've noticed. Uh, what's something you've learned or that something that's been on your heart? And uh, I want to ask uh, you first, Mike Teasley, what's been on your heart? Yeah, I think during this time, one thing that has been so evident to me is, like in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that eternity has been placed in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so many people cry out for justice in one way or the, of the other. And I yeah. think that is a cry um, to know that this really is um, something biblical, that at the beginning, the cry for justice is really a cry for right relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, we are asking the Lord for his peace, for his his purpose for yeah. his relationships. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, this week I've been studying uh, in the Bible, what is actual biblical justice? Yeah. Um, when we are crying, it becomes, you know, just a hashtag or is it just something that, you know, we see people talk about on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Um, but it really, we see so many times in the Bible where the Lord says, do and seek justice. Um, Psalms 106 and three says that blessed are those who uh, observe justice and do righteousness at all times. And so that, what really gets me is that righteousness is always tied to justice. Mm. And I was wondering so why. Good. So when people were crying out for justice for George, uh, George Floyd or Breonna Taylor um, it, or Ahmaud Arbery, the justice really um, in the Old Testament in that moment, they're crying out for uh, what's called mishpat, which is um, corrective justice. Mm. Um, but the other word that we'll see a lot of times for justice, which is connected to the righteousness, yeah. is um, sekedah. And I don't know if I'm totally pronouncing that all right, Sounds but it, roll with me here. <laughs> um, but this, what this means is right relationships. And so, um, like Timothy Keller says in his book, um, Generous Justice, that um, Sekada is really um, going at the home level of everyday living, living out fairly, living out equitably. And so one thing that I think has been so useful, I know this is a panel um, of a conversation, but um, since I'm a little, I'm a bit of a teacher, one thing that I think is so helpful is that, um, and I'm leaning up a little bit because I'm going to get ready to stretch. Could you stretch with me? And I know this time (laughs) is going to be a stretching time um, emotionally, intellectually for people. So I want to mirror that. And I know many of you may have not had exercise yet, but that's totally okay. This is, we're going to do this all in one <laughs> so today. Um, if you would, would you kind of just raise your hand up um, here? And then would you kind of extend your um, other arm here where you kind of create a right angle? Um, this is a depiction of um, right relationships, that my vertical is my relationship with the Lord, and my horizontal is relationship with people. And if, and if you just, can you just tilt a little bit? Notice that both of our arms move. So when you're off with people, you're going to be off with God. On, when you're ooh. off with God, ooh. you're off with people. Come on. And so when we're crying for okay, justice, <laughs> when we're crying for justice, <laughs> we're crying for right picture. relationships yeah. to be restored. Come on. Come on. So that's been on my heart. Like that is the cry so of, of, of the people is that we want to be in right relationship with yeah. each other. I think oh. It goes back to the beginning. Oh. I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Um, Is it over? Are we done? I feel like he, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. he fixed it. I think. Drop our mics and let's just no, get out of here. I'm so let's happy I'm not talking next. Yeah. No, no, no. Wow. no, I got Joe Little going next. Um, uh, and this is what I love is I'm, we're going to have every person share from each question. And, um, wow. so 
I love that. Thank you, Mike T. Uh, anybody want to add to that before we move on? Nope. Oh, no. <laughs> nope. We're going we're to put a period. We're going to package that and just rewatch that. It was so good. Uh, Joe, what's something you've been learning? What's been on your heart? Yeah. Um, first of all, that was amazing. Wow, that was, that was so good. Um, that really got me thinking, seriously. That was amazing. But I, something that God just honestly has put on my heart is that this is just a time as a community to really build each other up. Yeah. And I think that personally, something that I've really been dealing with and working through is that the worst thing that could happen for us as a community of people, whether that's white, black, Hispanic, Christian, non-Christian, the worst yeah. thing that can happen is that we can go through this season of pain. We can go through this season of hurt and yeah. anxiety and fear, which all of these emotions that we're all dealing with, that the Bible says will sometime end, that at one day there'll be a time where there's no weeping. One day there'll be a time where there's righteousness. The worst thing that can happen is that we get to that point yeah. and we're farther apart than we were than when we started. Oh, so I think so that good. in my own life, what this has shown me is that we have to build each other up. I think yeah. that right now that what's, that's what's happening is that because a lot of people disagree with each other yeah. on the method or a lot of people disagree with each other on the verbiage, Come what on. can happen is Come that on, we so move our focus from the actual issue. Yeah. And I saw a meme that said, um, because I, I see a lot of memes and, and sometimes they're funny, <laughs> honestly. But um, one that I saw that just honestly just stuck in my head was that the power and the fight against social injustice is not a white versus black issue. Yeah. It's not a mm -hmm. battle, it's not a fight mm -hmm. versus whites versus black, but it's actually a battle versus everyone versus racism. Come everyone on. versus inequality. And Come I on. wanna just really encourage anyone who's maybe struggling with that or, or dealing with that, let's not allow the, the minuscule things to divide us and take our attention away from the actual issue. That's that so there great. is a group of people, myself included, a community of black people who are hurt, who, who do feel anxious, who, who feel like they don't have the same kind of shot that other people might have. Yeah. And let's use that to come together let's not get through this season and and be more apart than we actually were when we started mm. so good so good okay two walk-off grand slams darnell your turn <laughs> ready for a, so good for a, a ground rule double yeah okay. I baseball okay. Yeah, ground rule double. Um, good baseball <laughs> yeah, term <that's> really <laughs> <laughs> not even a real um, double ground rule double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. i man i think more than anything and i was you know We'll talk with the guys before we even started uh, recording this today, man. I think more than anything, uh, what has been impressed on my heart about all of this is personal responsibility. Yeah. Um, I, and I say this as a, as a black man who has experienced racism, who has wrongfully been handcuffed, put in the back of a police car, simply for driving, right? Like, I could, I could go down through the list of all the things that have happened to me, and, I said, and, and uh, to explain what I'm about to say, uh, there is a tendency um, to say, well, I don't, I don't know enough about this. Or, man, that isn't, you know, that isn't my personal experience. Like, I hear what you're saying, yeah. um, but I don't know enough about this. And so, man, I'm just, I'm going to let you all take care of that. And I'm going to come over here and to, to the right and I'm going to do my thing. Or, um, and there's a, there's a sense of, of, of ignorance of, of, of like, man, I don't see it in my own life. Yeah. Um, um, not just not just from white people, right? from from other black people who have been like I I haven't seen racism, I haven't experienced it. What they're talking about, so uh, therefore it must not be true, and um, I'm gonna um, um, deny what other people are saying. And wow. man, I think there's a sense of of, of apathy. And uh, Pastor Tyler, you kind of touched on it, uh, kind of in your intro of saying like, hey, like it's not affecting me, so. Why should I have to? Why should I have to deal with it? Or even to say, uh, for somebody to say uh, to one of us, like, 
it wasn't you or, or one of your brothers or a family member of yours who, who was killed or um, who was, you know, shot in their own house. So why are you so up in arms about it? This happened in, in Minnesota. It happened in Texas. It happened wherever. Yeah. You don't live there. Why does it bother you so much? Um, and um, what God has kind of really been impressing on me uh, more than anything um, in this season is there is a sense of personal responsibility. Um, um, if you're a Christ follower, um, hopefully you know this. Uh, you can't have an experience with Jesus without also receiving a call from Jesus. Come on. Anytime you see Jesus have an interaction with anybody, um, he heals them or he uh, forgives them of their sin, whatever he does. But then he says, now go back to where you came from. Or go to these people. Um, you have a responsibility now that you know. You have a responsibility now that you have been healed and now that you've been saved. And I think so much, so, so often, um, uh, and I'm, man, speaking from personal experience, so often I, uh, we can see something and be like, ah, man, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to think about that. And so I'm just going to act, I'm just going to act like that thing is not even there right now. Um, and, and what that does for all of us is it perpetuates the problem. Um, and, and so I, I, I think we all have to take a look in the mirror at this time and take some, um, some real uh, personal responsibility, do some personal inventory uh, of our own hearts and our own lives and, and really say, okay, uh, I know that this is uncomfortable. Um, I know that this is, uh, something that I don't like. (laughs) I I know that I'm kind of, Kind of bothered that they're talking about this in church today. Hello, uh, <laughs> like I think we all need to take a, a really good look in the mirror and yeah. and and say, God, would you would you start this in me? Um, if if there is any amount of uh, progress or change that is going to be made, we all know that it has to start in us first. And so yeah. uh, my prayer um, uh, throughout all of this is that uh, every last one of us would really, really start to take inventory of our own hearts and our own souls and say, God, where have I been complicit? So God, good. where have I been part of the problem? Yeah. Um, uh, where have I uh, allowed people to say things around me? And even though I didn't agree with them, man, when have I just let it slide because I really was just trying to eat my food and I wasn't really yeah. trying to have these problems. Like, uh, when we start thinking in that way and we start uh, changing the posture of our hearts, uh, like Mike Teasley said, we start going like this and we start lining up Come that on. right angle the right way. Um, and I do think um, uh, that's when we put ourselves in position for God to really move because we all pray and we all believe that God is going to move, but God moves through people. Come on. Um, um, so good. And so, uh, but our, our hearts and our soul have to be prepared uh, for him to do that work. Inside oh, of us. so good. Thanks, Dave. Does anybody want to add anything to that before? I, uh, I, yeah, I love that. I love that. Chase, uh, we talked today. I love what you're sharing with me about uh, just this thought. I'd love for you to share with our church. Uh, before I say anything, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you and Pastor Rachel um, yes. for your guys' willingness to have this conversation. Mm. Um, territory that the church is unwilling to go is territory that we instantaneously give to the enemy. Mm. And sometimes the territory that Jesus calls us to is uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a bit awkward and it's hard. And I, I thank you both truly uh, for opening up this vein. Um, a couple of things that I would say is to people who are tuning in, I want you to be unapologetic about your race. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. So good. And I don't want white people feeling bad about being white. And I say that as a brother. I, I, like, I really don't. I, I, I've gotten phone calls from people who are of the Caucasian race who have been hitting me up like, I am so sorry. And I'm like, look, I, I don't want you to feel bad about being whatever you have been created to be in regards to the diversity that makes our world beautiful and so brings great. glory to our God. So I want to start there. But I do want to say this to everyone, to all people 
uh, and especially people who are Christians and claim to be followers of Jesus. Um, the Bible says that we must become like a child in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Hmm. A parent's primary responsibility is twofold. It's to protect their children and it's hmm. to teach their children. Come on. And one of the things that Jesus is saying to the children of God is I always want you to know that you're protected. And regardless of what you're facing, regardless of the circumstances that rise up against you, whether you're facing cancer, whether you're in good health, whether you feel safe, whether you feel unsafe, our primary means for feeling that we are protected is the sheer fact that God said that he's going to protect us. And even though this life is frail and it's ever fleeting, and though we might go through sufferings in many ways, shape, or forms, we know that we have an eternal glory that is far beyond this life. I love that Paul says, that this life is but a vapor, but we are driven ultimately by eternity at the end of the day. And so protection is a huge part of it. But the second thing is this idea of being teachable. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I'm seeing in a lot of different circles and in a lot of different races is people who want people to understand them while having an unwillingness to understand someone else. So good. So true. And when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, their reality becomes your own. Come on. The moment that I position myself to be in someone else's shoes, I begin to understand the reality just a little bit more. Yeah. And what we have to be at this time is teachable. Mm -hmm. So what are police officers facing on a daily basis? Help me understand that. That's good. What are black people facing on a daily basis? Help me understand that. What are different communities and people groups facing on a daily basis? Help me understand that. And the more that we have a willingness to learn, the more we'll be able to understand other people's realities. And Paul talks about this in one of his epistles. He, he actually somewhat prides himself in his ability to become all things to all men. Come on. I, become, I can become a Jew to the Jew. I can become a Greek to the Greek. I can become a Gentile to the Gentile. But the primary motivation behind it is winning souls. Come on. It, the, the, the motivation is eternity. Yeah. The, the motivation is obviously like my brother Mike, my Lord, you blew my mind. I was, I was ready to walk off the set and be like, I am no longer worthy to be speaking on this panel. But the goal is, oh, is literally eternity. Yeah. Yes. It's, 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 even yes. when Jesus showed up, I love when Jesus showed up. The angels declared when Jesus was born to the shepherds, peace on earth and Come goodwill on. towards men. Come on. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And when we allow ourselves to be teachable, not to get caught up in our social constructs, our political perspectives, though that's okay, but before I am even black, I am a Christian. Come on. Like my on. allegiance so far more to my country is to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And my concern is that with so many voices being heard, we are missing the voice of God. And in the book of Revelation, Oof. John repeats over and over, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. And I'm wondering, are we listening That's to so the good. Spirit? That's he has so, so much to say about racism. Yeah. He has so much to say about equality. He has so much to say about reconciliation. And I'm so grateful that we as children of God get yeah. to primarily learn from God in regards to these topics. And so I would encourage oh. people to have a willingness to learn and educate yourselves by um, hearing other people's experiences, but also putting yourself in areas of discomfort that yeah. may open your eyes a little so bit wider. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. That's good. S something I love about our church is uh, our, our mission is to change the world one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all agree with this, that this isn't going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted us to do when we birthed this church was not just have a, 
idea, but actually to give a how to the idea. Wow. And so we gave a bunch of one conversation at a time, one generous act at a time, one kind act at a time. And, and I really believe this. It, it's, it's overwhelming to say the statement, let's change the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we just even heard, I feel like, is, is those things, if we could put these tools in our tool belt and commit at one day at a time to say, man, I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be a part of actually uh, seeking to understand and get in somebody's shoes, that, that I want to go closer with people, that I want to get right with God so I can get right with the people around me, that I can actually learn, like what Darnell is saying, actually understand uh, and not be ignorant of these things. Oh, man, what a, what a powerful thing um, we could do. It kind of lead, leads to my second question. Um, I've been watching Michael Jordan documentary and uh, World War II documentaries. And a Rome one, but it has no illustration, so we're going to throw that out. Um, but the World War II documentary I've been watching, you just, it's fascinating to see a nation wake up to fight a common enemy. And there's this moment in um, uh, World War II where America's not in the fight. And there is travesty after travesty happening. Jewish people are being sent to concentration camps, being wow. killed. Nations are being pillaged and taken over. It really is a, a, almost a practical picture of the kingdom of darkness taking ground to the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. And then the enemy bombs Pearl Harbor. And you see America just wake up and say, not on my watch, not today. And, and, and Japan thought when they bombed us that we, as a nation, we loved pleasure so much that we wouldn't want to fight. That if they could just have this one win, that it would make us crumble and say, I'm done, I give up, you win. Well, something that I noticed and. Uh, at least this is how I viewed it, so give me grace, but this is how I've seen it, is there something that happened when George Floyd was murdered. It, it, it woke up our nation. It, I've never seen so many yes. people say, not on my watch. Yeah. Kingdom of darkness, you, you have had an assignment on the black community to make them feel less than and to destroy them. And, and white, Asian, old, rich, everybody say, not on my watch. Oh, and, and when I see this new awakening, if I can put it that way, I, I, I see Christians wanting to enlist to say, tell me how to fight. Yeah. Tell me how to walk into the, the room and actually know how to take back ground again. And, and, and I, I love the Bible. The Bible, this thing is alive today. It is not ancient. It's, it may have uh, uh, years on it, but it has um, uh, answers for today's problems. I think of John 4. You think race is a new thing? Look at John 4. It was a racial conversation. He said, hey, we don't talk to each other. We're different races. And, of course, Jesus leans in. He stays with those people for a few days. So, something I want us to do as a church is I want us to listen to four people. And I love what you said. Is, is I, I, I can't feel bad about being white, but my story is my story. I don't have the same experiences. But what I can do is learn from people who have had the experiences and they can teach me how to be a part of the solution. Yeah. What I can do is ask questions and learn, hey, teach me how to enlist. And what I love about even how the Bible shows us is it teaches us how to dress in this season. It tells us to put on shoes of peace. And, and I love the, the, the picture of shoes of peace. It's not uh, meek, mild people walking in saying, hi, excuse me. It's meaning when I walk in the room, division stops, peace starts. When I walk in the room, arguing stops and peace starts. So that your shoes dictate what's happening. If you knew not understand anything about the Roman soldier's feet even, is that it has spikes on it, and it was there to say, hey, enemy, if you don't get out of the way, I'm going to stomp you underneath my feet. You'll be a bloody mess. Mm. Man, shoes were feared by the enemy because these were no normal shoes. They destroyed the enemy. Mm. So we're going to wear shoes of peace that are going to destroy the enemy. So. Second thing I love about the armor, not to tell all of them, but the helmet of salvation. It says helmet of salvation. The real word uh, there is helmet of hope. The, the soldiers would actually have pictures of winning battle on their helmet. So they would go in saying, doesn't matter what the last battle said, this new battle, we're going to win this next battle. 
And I just want to hope that, I believe that we're going to win this next battle together as a church. We're going to see change. And so something I'd love to ask, as we have so many people who are just waking up to say, man, I can't believe I never saw this. I can't believe that I've turned a blind eye to this, uh, and I want to be a part of the solution. Uh, how would we be a part of the solution, Chase? Uh, uh, tell us. I want to actually go right back to you. Uh, what would be something that we could apply to our life or learn today that could say, man, I can actually help change this? I, I, would, say, I would say two things. Um, number one, I, th- I would honestly measure who's around your table. Mm. And what I mean by that is who are you in community with? I think that's something, a very practical way to start. Um, I think what happened with the George Floyd situation, because it was caught on video, and and I I liken it to the Emmett Till situation that took place in the 1950s, it was an open casket moment. It was a moment where you saw the reality of something that people have been saying for a long time, but now you actually see it. And because of that, I think it woke everybody's game up. The hashtag is going around right now, stay woke. Um, (laughs) Stay woke. And I'm like, okay, you know. And, um, and And I think a lot of people are asking the question, what do I do, what do I do? And I think one of the basic places you can begin is being like, what people am I willing to not only invite into my world, but am I willing to go into theirs? Mm. Uh, The Bible says you reap what you sow. The the idea of that is what you put into the ground, you get out of the ground. And and sometimes we want people to come to us before we go to them. Um, But I think that one of the strongest things we could do is measure our world and then say, hey, I'm going to be intentional about surrounding myself with people who were made up of different ethnicities and genders and cultures just so I can see the beauty of diversity. Come on. There's a, there's a beauty to diversity. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to talk about my wife, number one, because she's bad or she looks so good. <laughs> but I remember being around Mexican people my entire life. But when my wife and I started dating and we got engaged, I got to meet her family. Yeah. And I was so overwhelmed. Come on. I walked to this full-blown fiesta party. People are speaking Spanish. They got something called Dabondagas on the side. <laughs> I got Tios and Tias and Primos and Primas. And Come I'm on. like, yo, soy negro. I mean, it was. <laughs> and I remember feeling overwhelmed yeah. because I felt like I did not fit in. I was yeah. like, this is so different. The, the laughing, the jokes. I'm like, I, I feel so on the outs. Yeah. But over time, I have discovered and I have uh, developed a love mm. for Mexican people, but more so Mexican culture Come on. because I entered into it and I understand it more. Come on. And I'm so thankful that my beautiful so babies good. in the future are going to be half Mexican, a quarter black and a quarter white. I am so grateful Come that on. they get to share in that heritage because I've entered into that world. Love that. And I would ask, oh. honestly, what worlds are you willing to enter into? I don't so know if good. you've experienced black church, but there ain't nothing like it in the world. <laughs> in the world. Preach but being able to go into it and not being afraid to be uncomfortable. There will be moments where you're like, this is a lot. Like, <laughs> this is different. This, oh, I love that. This is different. But you begin to discover the beauty and the diversity of it. And so I, there's another thing I want to say, but, but I don't want to take too much time. Oh, I, just, I just want to say, we, I just want to no stay rush. there. Talk, I, I think that one of the best things that you can do again is enter into the world of, of someone else. And because That's you gave so me good. permission, last story. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, we got time, I, 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 My wife and I, we, we made the decision to peacefully protest. And so we, we've uh, protested a couple of times already, uh, not because we want to protest, but more so we want to be where hurting people are. And we were asking ourselves oh, the so question, good. like, where would Jesus be? It'd probably be where people are hurting. And so we went out. We ended up peacefully protesting. 
they, they, there was a moment where during the protest, they asked if someone wanted to speak. I talked for three minutes, and, and by the grace of God, this video went viral. Yes, it I, ended up getting 130,000 views. Um, the councilwoman of Morgan Hill shared it, and I got contacted by the, the chief of police from Morgan Hill. Come on. And we had a conversation, and going into that protest, I had no idea until I had dialogue with this man. I've never been a police officer. I have family members that are cops, but I've never been in that world. Yeah. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, pastor, um, going into that protest, we were on edge. Yeah. Because there's been a shooting in Morgan Hill every day for the last nine days leading up to this protest. No idea. Wow. He's like, we were he hearing that gangs from other cities were going to come in and loot our town. No idea. Wow. All of a sudden, I'm going into his world, yeah. and I'm having an understanding of what he's facing day to day. He's like, Chase, there's been times where I've been in other cities helping my fellow brothers, and we are literally having rocks being thrown at us, oh. fireworks shot at us, oh. acid bombs thrown at us, and oh. even bullets. And he's like, it's just been sore. And he's crying on the phone. I'm like, wow, I understand. Yeah. And I think that we have to be a people who understand. Yeah. And we have to be willing to have conversations that are awkward in order to do that and measure the people that are in our world. Is everybody thinking like us? Is everybody acting like us? We probably need to expand our table and get a bit more capacity. I love that. I love that. I, so something that you, you shared that I just, I got to piggyback on. Uh, I think what I've seen, at least through social media, is people think they're trying to choose different sides. And if I could say, this is a kingdom of God versus a kingdom of darkness thing. Yeah. This isn't a right versus left thing. Um, I, I think of uh, people, you think you have to be pro one thing for, and the other one has to lose. Um, I think Trevor Noah actually said this, uh, uh, said this last week, that to be pro-cop doesn't mean you're anti-black. To be pro-black doesn't mean you're anti-cop. In America, you can be pro-cop and pro-black. That's what the goal should be. Yeah. And, and what I'm hearing, what you're saying is the way that you can actually become pro-cop is actually getting to know cops and understand what they're going through. Yep. Uh, to actually understand the, the, the black community and become really like where your heart breaks and you pray for them to be pro-black, you got to get to know them. Mm -hmm. you got to have conversations. So, oh, I, just, I love that. I love that. And Tyler, can I, yeah. can I interject? Because yeah, sure. I love, Chase, I love, this was an aside um, to what you said. It wasn't even your main point, but I love the way that you said you stepped into the room with that officer yeah. and you were like, I have family members who have been police officers, but I have not been in those shoes, so I don't understand that seat. I think um, something that is um, kind of hard for people to grasp is the, uh, the, is the understanding that, like, even though I, I may be able to see what's going on, but I haven't sat in your seat. Yeah. And I think that's on either side of the conversation. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's something that we have to really be willing to open ourselves up to, to know that, like, uh, you... I, you may have had, <laughs> you may have had, you know, all the black friends in the world, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. if you haven't had, you know, that fear, that sensation of like, there's a police officer behind me, what am I doing wrong? Is my seatbelt on? Is my, are my tags up to date? Is my license expired? Like, yeah. if you haven't sat in that seat, um, even if you've, somebody has told you about it, you can't say that you understand that. And on this, and at the so same true. time, I think there also has to be grace on the other side of the conversation to know that a lot of the way people think, a lot of the way people who may say, say that say things accidentally racist. Y'all remember that song, Accidental Racist? That's not. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go into that. I know. Um, but a lot of people who may say things that... Uh, that they don't even realize come across as, as racist or come across as, uh, uh, um, yeah, as that, um, man, some of that stuff is deeply ingrained into the way they think. A lot yeah. of that has been communicated as right and wrong yeah. um, um, the way they grew up. And we have to have, also have grace for the fact that, man, people, have to, people are going on the journey the same way that yeah. we are. Yeah. Uh, they have, we have to have grace for, to, to, for people to know that, okay, I want to fight with you. What does that mean? And people aren't gonna change overnight. 
just because, you know, um, uh, it, see, it seems that things have gotten inflamed overnight after this one thing, but this has been a long time coming. This has been a long process. And, um, and in the same way as, that, as that's been a long time coming, we want people to understand that, you know, people who are protesting and rioting, that is not just from a one instance at the same time. People who are responding in a way that we may not see favorable um, are also not coming from that same place of like, uh, I'll, I, can, I can fix myself yeah. in this one situation. So I yeah. love how you said that's like, so good. man, I w I've never been in that seat and I have to understand that yeah. I don't know what you're going through. That's so good, that's so good, that's so good. Um, Mike T, I wanna ask you the, the same question. And what can we do to be a part of the solution? Um, I've gotten this question a lot this yeah. week um, that you had said something earlier. There's something about the sparking of George Floyd's death yeah. that has um, erupted in this country like we haven't seen um, in similar cases. Yeah. I have never gotten um, the amount of texts yeah. of just uh, how, how can I help or how are you doing yeah. ever before this. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things off of that that I think is so helpful um, is sometimes we feel like our sphere of influence is so small, we can't do anything of great change. Mm. Um, but it's where the small things, as the Bible says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Come on, he right? rejoices. He and so it. I would pray that even as you're listening here, that something would spark in your household where you would continue to have a conversation. Because what I know about conversations is that when you have conversations with people who you are um, intellectually, emotionally, and relationally invested in, um, when you have conversations like these that are serious and talking about real world issues, yeah. conversations help and shape ideas. Come on. Ideas help and shape beliefs. Come on. And beliefs help and shape action. Yeah. Come on. And therefore, in this country, how you vote, Come right? On. So a small conversation is not a, call, a small conversation. Uh -uh. A conversation turns into ideas being transformed. Yeah. And, and that's why the Bible says in Romans 12 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know that's the so good, good and acceptable yeah. will so of good. God, like, to have yeah. the heart of God. Yeah. It's conversing with people like, uh, with the body of Christ, knowing the heart of the yeah. Lord. And as conversations happen, ideas change, beliefs change, and actions flow from them. Right? Yeah. And so I think the, the, the biggest thing in the conversation that I have seen um, um, that, you know, sometimes you can have good intentions, but still hurt people. Yeah. yeah. My, my mouth can get me in trouble, right? <laughs> and I still have to own that no matter what my yeah. intention may be. And, and so one thing that I, I, my heart breaks for is if we miss the impact of the gospel when it comes to re, uh, racial reconciliation, yeah. that um, the, and I wrote this down, I'm trying to re remember exactly how I phrased it, because when, when it dropped in my heart, I said, ooh, that's good. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's good when it gets good to you. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it was that the, um, the power of experiencing the peace of the gospel's unifying effect yeah. is not in spite of yeah. our ethnic uniquenesses. It's because of Come on. our ethnic oh, uniquenesses. So, good. Yes. so that yes. I don't have to be colorblind in order to appreciate that you are an image bearer of God. Yeah. That my racial makeup, and it's not just the skin color, but my features and my culture that's tied to it, yeah. Right. that that in and of itself is not an image barrier to see me as an oh. image bearer Come of on. God. Come on. Right? Wow. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. you 
can dr- you can drop your mic down if you want. That was a good one. That was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like uh, we wow. um, uh, to appreciate. So like yeah. for example, um, Paul was talking in uh, Ephesians um, around the third chapter um, where he says that I have been born and birthed with a purpose to bring the gospel Come to on. the Gentiles specifically. Yeah. And he was outlaying the mystery of the gospel yeah. that the Gentiles would be brought in. The Jewish people were like, Gentiles, what in the world? Like, kick them out. Yeah. Paul was on a mission where he was not colorblind, but he was sent to that Come people on. group Come on. to bring them in to oh. see this is the glory of the God, that Come because on. of our differences, yeah. that is the reflection of God's glory. Oh. So I don't have to be, co- like, we, we don't have to reduce colorblindness for me not to see you as a whole in order for me to see you as what God wants me to see you. It's a and, not a but. I am a, I am black, not but I'm a child of God. I'm black and I'm a child of God. It's both together. I love it. That's so important. So when we come into conversation, knowing that if I come in with an appreciation and not a blindness, there the Holy Spirit can breathe on that to bring about reconciliation where we can see the glory of the gospel and not the sin of our miscommunication. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Add to that real quick. And and I mean like very lightly add to that. (laughs) I think one of the things that has helped me in that journey by viewing humanity as image bearers is this phrase that I wrote down a couple of months ago. Uh, Because as pastors, sometimes I think that we have a proclivity to want to fix people. And and I see a lot of people wanting to fix people right now. Via post, via Instagram, via <laughs> like I want to fix the way that you think. But when we realize that people, let me put it the way you said it, that people are image bearers to be loved, not projects to be fixed. Come on. That's Come good, on. Brother. People are image bearers yeah. to be loved, not projects to be fixed. That's something that's really helped that's so my thinking in the yeah. process of doing all that Mike T said. I love that. I love that. Does anyone want to add anything before? That's such a good thought. Hey, I, I, I'm gonna have to watch this like five times on Sunday. There's so much, so much rich stuff in there. Joe, I want to ask you the same question. What, what, what's, uh, what's a way we can uh, be a part of the solution? Yeah, I think that a big thing that has um, helped me as I try to communicate to to a lot of the people who are asking that question, and even I've tried to ask ask that question to myself, is we can't underestimate the power of empathy. Come on. And I think what happens is that and. And take this, take this with a grain of salt. I think what happens is that a lot of us right now are trying to fix a situation. Yeah. And we all have very limited power over that situation. So we have the right to, we can go protest. Yeah. We can do things like that. We can speak out. Yeah. But very few of us have the power to go and fix a situation to whereas all of us have the power to fix our environment. Come on. And I think what can happen is we can get so focused on, I gotta fix this situation, I gotta, I gotta post, I gotta, I gotta go run five miles, I gotta do these things, I gotta do these things, which are all amazing and yeah. all going to help and all play a part, mm-hmm. but we can't get so focused on that that we maybe don't say something to a coworker who says a racial statement, or yeah. maybe, we, maybe we ignore someone who might be hurting. And yeah. I think that those are the things that I think are Love practical that. ways that we can help Come fix on. a problem that isn't just a situation, but it's yeah. a global problem. And I think what can happen is that we can get very fixed on sharing our opinion. Yeah. And I think that what happens, at least now, even with social media and things like that, is, is that we're so focused on sharing our opinion and we're so focused on being right and the question that I have to ask myself, whether that's in friendships or whether that's whether I post on social media yeah. or whether that's in my marriage is, am I more willing to be right than I am to be helpful? 
And I think what can happen is what we're a, so ready to be right. We're so, <laughs> we're so ready to, to yeah. be right, and, yeah. and we want to be right, and we have to share our opinion, and Come on. we want to fix. And I just want to put relieve the pressure on anyone who maybe even feels this. It's not your job to, to fix the situation. It's not your job to fix yeah. something that's going on. What your job is actually do is to empathize with people who are hurting. Yeah. So I've just made it a personal vendetta of my own that when I, when I post, when I have a conversation, what I'm not going to do is get so focused on sharing my opinion that I ignore someone's pain. Come on. Do I maybe agree with everything that they're saying? Maybe not. And that's okay. Yeah. What we can do is we can try to force our opinions on people and we try to change their opinions to ourselves Come on. and then what happens is we're changing trying to change a person instead of changing the situation come on and i think what we can do is we can really just empathize with people we can love people are there people hurting that are in your sphere i love what you guys said is that we all have influence and i think what happens is we don't really think that we have influence so we try to create influence but how are you stewarding <laughs> the influence true. that you actually already have come on steward how are you stewarding where you work how are you steward stewarding it. the conversations in your family come on so i think that that's just a practical so way that yeah. i um i think we can help and we yeah. can just empathize yes. with people love people we're the church we're we're bodies of christians and even if you're not a christian love people be be there for people there are people who are hurting who are in pain and we have the opportunity as human beings and as christians and yeah. as people who follow jesus to to help ease that pain that's so good that's so good darnell i, I want to finish the same question with you uh help us be a part of the solution man yeah um honestly a lot of what i was going to say has been uh so eloquently presented by my <laughs> brother michael tisley um that uh i don't want to uh, spend time rehashing the same things, but I yeah. will uh, say one to two things. Uh, the first thing is this. Um, when we're talking about uh, being a peacemaker, I was uh, kind of reading a little bit of, of, of the Beatitudes this week and, and Jesus talking about what the kingdom of heaven looks like, yeah. right? Um, and I, um, man, I just, you know, God really impressed on me that when it comes to being a, a, a peacemaker, it, re it literally means to be a maker of peace. Mm. Um, peace isn't something um, that is passive. Oof, I think a so lot of true. times, a lot of times we want it to be, right? Yeah. But peace is not just the absence of tension. It's yeah. not the absence of strife, but it is the active um, of fighting uh, for peace. It's something that is fought for. Come on. Um, and so, man, just uh, meant to tie in with everybody saying, man, when we're... Um, uh, when we're having these conversations that are that are uncomfortable, and I, man, man, Lord Jesus, I had to check myself uh, this week because I had uh, an opportunity to have a conversation with someone um, that I uh, neglected, and uh, had to go back and fix and fix that and have that conversation because I was, I, in, in the moment, I felt uncomfortable, and in the moment, I was like, ah. I don't know that this is gonna really gonna help this person trying to fix a person, right? Um, I don't know that this is gonna really help this this one particular dude, or he's not gonna to listen to me, so whatever. And I had to go back and undo that and adjust that because at the end of the at the end of the day, um, it's a fight. It is it is not uh, something that we can we just we don't have the. Uh, um, the privilege of sitting at home um, and praying and saying, God, would you bring about peace? Um, and then neglecting the opportunities we have to be a conduit to bring that, bring that about. Um, and so, that. Um, so let's good. make peace. I think yeah. that's important. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the peacemakers. Not those who say quiet down and be, and be silent, but those who say, oh no, there is, there's unrest. What can we do uh, to build a bridge from this place to peace? Uh, so that's the first thing. I and then that. the second thing is to tie in what I said, you know, Two statements ago. I've been talking a lot, I think. You're killing um, the game, baby. You're killing it. <laughs> um, to tie in something else that I said, uh, when we're talking about grace, uh, I just had to start while, while the guys were talking. Uh, 
for grace to be present does not mean that accountability is absent. I want to make that incredibly clear. So true. Um, having grace with people, having a man for grace to be present doesn't mean that accountability is absent. So I good. think, I think uh, a lot of times we, we can say, oh man, we, you know, just have grace. Uh, ah, yeah, they, I know they're saying some crazy stuff right now, but we're going to have grace on them. But at the same time, at the same time, while we're having grace, I think the grace of God also holds us accountable, right? The grace of God isn't your sins are forgiven. Come on. Now go on and keep sinning. Your sins Jesus. are forgiven, but now there's a repentance that has to happen. Um, and I, so I think in the same way, um, when, when we are having grace for people, um, when we are saying, hey, you know, we're, we're going to forgive you, or when we are saying, man, you hurt me with how you said that, um, so on and so forth, there also still has to be uh, an accountability of like, okay, let me, let's talk about why um, this is happening. Or let's talk about why you shouldn't say things like that. Or let's talk about why, uh, you know, this is um, um, so um, more detrimental than it is helpful when we're processing yeah. through things. So I love that. I love that. Peace doesn't come from being absent. Peace comes from being active. I love how you said that. That's so good. Yeah, grace is, it's a force. It, it, it sanctifies us. It challenges us. I love that. I love that. I want, I want to finish with this. We're going to have some final thoughts. Um, would love to hear from one or two of you that as we've talked, um, if just something just bubbled up in your heart, you're like, you know, as we close this, uh, just a final thought for people really to hold on to, maybe to pray, to process. Uh, does anybody have something they would love to share as we, as we close this out? Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead, Joe. No, no, hey, please, I'll, please. I'm the, I'll, I'll be the moderator. Michael, then Joe. Boom. <laughs> like a, you, did, you touched the buzzer quicker. As you said that, um, what I hope and pray that you leave with, if anything else, is the heart of the Lord when it comes to seeing his creation in a way that brings about him glory. Uh, and so I, I pray that, I, I, that we have like what John realized in, uh, through Revelation and had a vision of what um, his throne room looked like. John made a powerful statement in the chapter, uh, chapter seven of verse, um, chapter seven of verse, what am I saying? Um, <laughs> Revelation chapter seven. Yeah. Um, and he, he says that at the throne in recognizing who God was, was there was all people, yep all nation and all languages. Come on. So I pray that we, our heart would break for that which has not been made whole again. Yeah. And that we would seek out that, as Paul said, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. So there's a responsibility yeah. to see. I, I pray That's that we would see our churches, um, and not just when we come back in the building, but even now, that we would pray to see our churches in a way that says that there are so many ethnic groups to bring about God's glory, that we can all have a sound of worship where yeah. we're harmonizing together. Come on. Different notes, yeah. but coming together yeah. that sound beautiful to God's ear. I, 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 that is the heart in which I think we should be motivated to bring about change. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Joe, go for it. Yeah, I would just love to um, honestly just take a moment and just address the, the black community of Mission Church. And maybe it's your first time uh, even watching and you're just a part of the black community. Um, the Bible says, uh, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And I think that a lot of the times um, the question that we're asking, especially just being a part of the black community, the questions that we're asking right now are how, we're asking when, and we're asking what it's gonna look like. And I just wanna encourage you that if you're dealing with that anxiety and you're dealing with that fear, I don't know the answer to those questions, but the Bible does say that we will see God. 
And I just want to encourage you that maybe you're having to have some hard conversations with your, with your son, with your daughter. Maybe you're having to have some hard conversations wow, so with good. your spouse, myself included, me and even my wife are having these conversations about racial tensions and social injustice. And I just want to encourage you that it's not in vain, that the things that you're speaking, that the things that you're having these conversations with, they're not going on deaf ears, but what's actually happening is that you're enacting something in the spirit. And what's gonna happen is that we're gonna look back on these days one day, I truly do believe it. Come on. And this is just gonna be a part of history. It's yeah. not gonna be a part of what we're walking through, but I believe that God is gonna have his hand on, Come on. the world. He's gonna have his hand on our country. And Come what's on. gonna happen is that we're gonna look back at a day that we felt so much injustice and we felt so much tension and there's gonna be peace. There's gonna be joy and there's gonna be love all throughout the world. So I just wanted to address you as even a part of you and just know that your pain that what you're feeling right now feel it Come on. allow it to happen I know that my own personal problem the thing that I struggle with the most is going numb that feeling like you have to ignore the issue because it is a possibility that it could happen to you and I just want to say fight against that know yeah. that you are loved that God's with you that yeah. God's for you that you Come might on. not even be able to understand what's going to happen you might not even be able to understand how it's going to happen and I don't either but just know that you can have peace knowing that you will see God move in your life and that he has a plan for your life. And eventually we're gonna look back on this day and we're gonna see that God did something special Come in these on. times. That's so good, Joe. That's so good. That's so good. Church, I wanna I want close with this. Um, uh, if I'm your pastor and this is your church, I want you to hear this real quick. Uh, grace is not a concept, it's not a word. Grace is a force. Uh, it's a disruptor. It disrupts. Uh, it takes atheists and makes them apostles. It takes sinners and makes them saints. It will take rioters and make them revolutionaries. It will take a bad cop and make them the best cop. Uh, and I, I, want, I want to just share this. Disruptors is a term they use in the Bay Area for when they're birthing a new community or a new business, excuse me. Uh, Amazon's a disruptor. It's totally changed the world on how we shop now. It's, it's, it's disrupted how people shop. Um, Uber is a disruptor. It's changed and disrupted the taxi industry and even parking garages have just plummeted because Uber was invented. There was this thing called Blockbuster one day, kids. And before, block, uh, before Netflix, you actually had to go to a place. You had to walk around for 10 minutes, look for something, and then you'd pick it out. And then you'd pay $5 for microwave popcorn, $10 from some, for some red vines. And then you'd put a disc inside what we call the DVD player. Yes. And you would press play and watch a movie. But then this disruptor came around. It was called Netflix. And it changed everything. Well, I believe that what is going to change the world, I, I gotta go to the gospel, I gotta go to the word, I gotta go to what God says, and God shows us that grace will change things. Mm. That, that grace will take a rhythm of destruction and death and prejudice and racism and will change it to unity and peace. That's what grace does. Uh, my wife's favorite uh, play, my least favorite play, is called Les Miserables, okay? <laughs> uh, Les Miserables is how it sounds phonetically. It's this uh, movie also that came out, but it's this story of, this man, Jean Valjean, who stole some bread and then was thrown in prison for years upon years. And it basically changed the way he saw life. He came out, a priest brought him in, and he decided to steal from the priest. He had the rhythm of stealing, the rhythm of, I'm out for myself, nobody cares about me, I've got to get mine. And so he steals from the priest. Well, he gets arrested with the things that he stole from the priest, and they bring him back to the priest, and the priest gives him this thing called grace. They say, is this, is this, is this uh, your, your things? He stole these from you? And the priest goes, no, no, he didn't steal these. I gave them to him. It's a gift. And what happened to that moment in this story, Les Miserables, is that Jean Valjean, for the first time in his life, experienced this thing called grace. When he deserved something else, he got love and mercy. 
You got the gift of, no, you are free. And and I I feel like there are people that need to experience grace from our church. May it mark our church. May it mark our conversations. Uh, Grace is a disruptor and grace is a filler. Man, there is a huge gap right now of ignorance, of stupid statements. Oh, may grace bathe your heart so when people say something silly, that you can actually have grace fill the gap so you can actually minister to them and give them grace. Man, Mission Church is gonna give this world something that it's never seen before. I believe in this time, for such a time as this. Uh, can, Can I just shout out real quick? How great was our conversation today? Wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom. And I'm just so thankful that this is our family, that, that Chase is our cousin, you know. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any other guest speaker speak like five times a year. <laughs> but it's just, you know, when you're one of my favorite communicators on the planet, I want to hear it, you know what I'm saying? And you are, I feel like the Lord needs you uh, to our hearts and your family to us. And, and I think of Darnell as our worship pastor. I don't think it's an accident that your spirit and your family and who you guys are. Uh, Mike T, I remember the first time I met you and I started doing announcements. I just... Family, you know, you're my favorite worship buddy, right next to me. You know, and on Sunday I miss that so much right now. And, and, and even when we were praying for a youth pastor, I remember us hiring Joe. And and of course the pandemic started the day the shelter started the day Joe moved here. Okay, uh, if you are a youth uh, kid or a family that has youth at our church, get ready. The best of the best. We are we're here for such a time as this church, and it's not going to be because uh, we change the world because we are the smartest church or the most talented church. Man, may we be the most grace-filled church. Man, let's change the world with grace. Can I pray for everybody? Will you, will you bow your heads if you're at home? I want to pray for you real quick. God, I thank you. I thank you for what, you, um, for what you've awoken. What you, what, what, literally, you, you've, you've opened our eyes. Let me put it that way. Lord, thank you for opening our eyes. I think of John 4 when, when the disciples are, are just, they're so lost, and you're about to change a whole village. Mm. Lord, and it's, it's, it's even a race thing where, where Samaritans didn't talk to Jews and, and they're like, what's going on right now? And literally you say to the disciples, open your eyes. The harvest is many. Well, Lord, may, may our eyes stay open. May, may we run the marathon and not commit to a sprint. So Lord, I pray that there'd be a special grace on our church right now, Lord, that we would run. I love what Darnell said, that we would run with grace, but we would run with that accountability of grace. Lord, that we would hold each other accountable to speak the truth in love, to love people where they're at, to not, uh, to not try to condemn, but to try to rescue. Oh, Lord, I thank you for Mission Church. I thank you for the people uh, that make up uh, this beautiful body. And last but not least, I never want to miss a Sunday without giving someone an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. You may have been tuning in for the first time and said, what's going on today in this whole family conversation? But as um, uh, my friends were sharing some just start tugging on your heart. You want to say yes to salvation. You want to say yes to heaven, no to hell. You want to be, say yes to the king of kings. Y- your eyes were open. Well, well, there's an eternity. I love what Mike T said. God put eternity in our heart. You realize you're, you're, you're more than just a temporary being, that you're built for heaven. You're built to worship God. If you want to say yes to Jesus, here's how you can say yes to Jesus today. We want to follow up. We want to celebrate with you. Say yes in the, in the YouTube chat right there. Oh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate in the YouTube chat with you. If you don't want to do that, you can go on our website and, and say, I said yes, and we'll have a pastor follow up with you. If you're with somebody, tell them. The Bible says this is the celebration moment of all celebration moments. If you're with nobody, call somebody. Tell them you said yes. Mission Church, I love you. Uh, I want you to hear this real quick. This is a conversation. I believe this is starting the journey. This isn't the end. So if you feel like, all right, we did it, period. Good job, everybody. No, 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 no. This is Mission Church, Missio, sent. You're being sent. Go change the world with grace. Go change the world with one conversation at a time. Go seek to understand. Go get uncomfortable. Let's go change the world, Mission Church. We love you. Take care. Be blessed. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. 
You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.